and no one knows what he's going to do. And not any person that tells you they know what will happen on January 6th, unless they got a message from God, they're lying. They don't know. Actually, that's where you're wrong, Doug. See, I know exactly what's going to happen on January 6th. Because you don't need a message from God. You just need to know how to read and interpret the law and be smart enough to get your news from sources other than Donald Trump and the Epoch Times, which are really pretty much the same thing anyway. Hey, greetings and welcome back once again to Categorical Imperatives. As always, I am your host, Lockheed Liberal, and I do want to thank you all so much for being here with me today. Uh, now, if you are new to the program, I want to welcome you. This is a podcast where we are going to be applying legal theory and moral philosophy to current events related to law, politics, and culture. And today we are going to be uh, taking a look at a couple of clips from a guy uh, who you may or may not be familiar with. His name is uh, Doug Tenapple. Uh, he is probably most famous as uh, the creator of the comic book Earthworm Jim. Uh, he also uh, does a lot of work with the guys over at the Babylon Bee, uh, who I actually hold in very high regard. Uh, so for now, let's get to uh, sort of the main uh, bit of the show here today. Uh, so we are going to be watching a couple videos uh, from Dr. Apple, uh, and he uh, essentially... What I did in some of my last videos is I looked at the uh, some of the the cases that were uh, brought uh, before the court uh, by people uh, involved with Trump, and I kind of did a uh, breakdown after the fact and explained why it was really obvious to people uh, who knew what they were talking about ahead of time why things were going to go the way they went, uh, and so I thought maybe I would try and get ahead on this one a little bit, and Doug is very, very sure that Trump is still in this thing and that he's still got a very solid and very legal and, and very legitimate chance to uh, win the presidency. And he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't at all. Um, so what we are going to do is we are going to be watching a couple of videos here from Doug. Uh, I've got and uh, I'm just going to kind of be uh, really sort of uh, really free flow here. I'm just going to be playing the videos. I may cut in and interrupt every now and then or uh I don't really know. Like I said, I really haven't written anything out. I just cut up a couple of video clips that I want to play for you guys, and I'm going to give you my thoughts on them and hope that they go well. So why don't we just do that? Why don't we get right to uh, the videos at hand? <laughs> Here we go. Come January 6th, 2021, Vice President Mike Pence will be presented with the sealed certificates containing the ballots of the presidential electors. At that moment, the presidency will be in his hands. This is, I'm, I'm reading uh, Rasmussen Reports' Twitter feed. And they are idiots too. I'm Doug Tenapel in exile. And I need you right now to like this video, subscribe, 
and leave a comment below and blast this thing out all over the internet. Because and actually, if I can ask you to do the same uh, for this video, uh, like it, subscribe, leave a comment if you want. But the main thing is blast this out all over the it, all over the internet. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, there's a part of me that has a certain amount of uh, compassion for these Trump supporters just making absolute goddamn fools of themselves like this. And uh, maybe if we can get this information to them before their predictions come uh, to pass and turn out to be absolutely wrong, they will understand that the people who are warning them against these predictions actually know what they're talking about. Um, and maybe they will, uh, yeah, be, be smart enough to get the news from better sources than Rasmussen Reports and the Epoch Times. Uh, so yeah, back to you, Doug. Because guys, it is happening. It is going to come. Don't lose faith. <laughs> I'm telling you, the evidence on the ground is fantastic. It is legal. It's possible. All the pieces are in place. One of my biggest things I, I, that I didn't bring up about Mike Pence doing the, the Pence card is he doesn't have an obligation to tell you what he's going to do. And no one knows what he's going to do. And not <laughs> any person that tells you they know what will happen on January 6th, unless they got a message from God, they're lying. They don't know. No one knows. So don't let them discourage you. They're going, ha, ha. Notice how quiet the Biden campaign is and, and, and Kamala Harris. They well, I'm pretty sure Joe has to be in bed every night by about 5 o'clock. He's very old and he's very confused and he's very tired. Um, you know, don't give him too hard of a time. They're terrified. The only people outspoken <laughs> right now against Trump is his own GOP party. We're going to throw these bums out. We're going to primary them all. Thune, Cornyn, Blunt, Mitch McConnell, half are going to retire. They're gone. They're no, they have zero power in the Republican Party. I'll do a video on that later. I have so many videos to do. I can't even keep up with the news. I this can't is a, wait. a giant Monday dump. Oh, it's going to be this busy every day until January 6th. So please subscribe. Get the word out. Let's get back to Rasmussen. Hold on. So here we are on, on the Rasmussen reports. Come January 6th, 2021, Vice President Mike Pence will be presented with the sealed certificates containing the ballots of the presidential electors. At that moment, the presidency will be in his hands. And there's nothing stopping Pence under the plenary and unappealable authority vested in him as president of the Senate from oh declining I can't the open. I can't do this. I can't do this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. And count the certificates from the six disputed states. So just to break this out real quick, what Rasmussen is saying, and these are smart guys, when he's saying that Pence has a plenary and unappealable authority, he's saying at that moment, he can say, I am not going to open and count the certificates from the six disputed states. <laughs> it is, if it's plenary and unappealable, he has the absolute authority. If they are, as more than 70% Republicans believe, certificates from non-electors appointed via voter for, why should he open and count them? 
If the votes of all seven contested states are registered as oh, zero, Trump. Oh, my God. Okay, back to it. We'll have 232 votes. Biden will have 222 votes. Per the 12th Amendment, the vote shall then be counted. The person having the greatest number of votes for president shall be president. P.S. Thomas Jefferson, among the most revered founding fathers of our country, only became president because he used his unilateral power as president of the Senate to open and count the presidential ballots in his own favor. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, 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 Trump's going to win. I'm Doug Tenapel in exile. Holy shit. Oh, there's so much wrong with that. Okay. We're going to try and take this. Oh, my God. Okay. Um. So, there's a few problems with everything he is saying, which is all of it. Um. Now, this supposed plenary, plenary, uh, plenary, excuse me, plenary and unappealable power that he says is in Mike Pence's hands simply doesn't exist. We're going to be watching another video where he's going to finally explain where he's getting this uh, really ridiculous idea from, specifically in the law. And as soon as we uh, watch that, you're going to be able to see very quickly why even the thing that he himself is reading and getting this from disproves what he's saying. He's just, it's, it's really incredible how completely off he is about that. So um, we'll be getting to the, the, the plenary power thing in just a little bit here. Uh, so I'm going to overlook that for right now because we will be coming back to that. So next uh, is this idea that what he can do uh, with this plenary power is just not count certain votes. Um, and that essentially, if he doesn't count the votes in these seven states because uh, apparently Mike Pence has the power to decide he doesn't have to count votes in states where he doesn't like the results, um, and that this will bring the final count to 232 and 222 uh, electoral votes, 232 for Trump, 222 for Biden. And, and again, this is incredible. This is where uh, the, very, the very law, the plain meaning of it as he is quoting it, disproves what he is saying here. He hasn't read it. What he is talking about here um, is the 12th Amendment. And it's true that the 12th Amendment does say that the person with the most electoral votes uh, shall be the president. However, right under that, in fact, not right under that, right in the middle of that, excuse me, in the middle of that, what it says is the person with the most number of votes who, having an absolute majority, shall be president. Now, what does that mean? 
that means that the 270 electoral vote number uh, that is needed to win the presidency is always needed to win the presidency. It doesn't matter if you have a plurality. It doesn't matter if you have the largest plurality. You need an absolute majority. It's very clear right in the 12th Amendment. It just, it could not be more simple. So this idea that Mike Pence is going to just decide not to open votes and that that's okay to disenfranchise the voters of seven entire states, and this is somehow okay, and that right there is just unbelievable. I mean, we don't like the results of this election, so we can disenfranchise seven whole states of voters because we don't like the way they voted. Quite frankly, anyone who thinks that, fuck you. You are a piece of shit. You are really a piece of shit if you think that you can just take seven states and just decide not to count your vote because you don't like the way that they voted. You are a piece of shit. So, anyways... Now, Mike Pence doesn't have the power to do this, and we're going to be seeing that here in just a little bit, as I've pointed out. Uh, but, yeah, it, 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 yeah it, it's very simple. If he did have this power, he still wouldn't win. Uh, what happens is if you count up the votes and the person with the most votes doesn't have an absolute majority, but they just have a plurality, as uh, in his own math, he is saying Donald Trump would have under these conditions. The 12th Amendment is also very clear. What happens then is it goes into a runoff election in the House of Representatives. Now, uh, the House of Representatives is a Democratic majority body. Uh, they have had a Democratic majority, uh, and I believe they are actually getting a few more Democratic seats uh, incoming here uh, in January, but that doesn't matter. Right now, they have a Democratic majority. So if if Mike Pence had the power to just discard this vote, which he doesn't, you wouldn't be able to declare a winner. What would happen is the election would go to a runoff in the House of Representatives, and they would decide who was the president. And considering Joe Biden won the election, and Joe Biden is a Democrat, and the House is run by Democrats, it seems a fairly safe bet that Joe Biden would then become president as he should. I don't like the fact that Biden is going to be president more than anybody else. The guy's awful. He's a terrible, terrible person. And I don't, I, I'm not excited about this. And I'm, I get no joy out of Joe Biden being president. But I, that also, I, I don't think that gives me the right to then just change the rules as I need to, to disenfranchise as many voters as I need to, to get the election results that I want in some weird little fucking fantasy world of my own, like these people are doing. It's absolutely insane. And the final thing that I want to point out that's really great is what he said at the end about Thomas Jefferson. Um, he's just getting this from nowhere. He's just completely making this up. Um, Thomas Jefferson used his plenary power when he was president of the Senate because he was vice president to win the election. So now I'm someone who really, really loves Thomas Jefferson a lot. And I know most people hold him in very high regard. Um, I, I, I have a special sort of affection for him. I really like him. Uh, and I know Doug is someone who has the same affection for Thomas Jefferson from uh, 
just what I know of him from what I've heard him talking about in the past. I know that he is someone who also holds Thomas Jefferson in especially high regard, even among the founders who we all tend to generally hold in fairly high regard. Um, and what he is saying here is is that Thomas Jefferson decided that he was going to count votes that were in favor of him and not count votes that weren't in favor of him and steal an election right there on the floor of the fucking Senate and that this is somehow okay. Like, can, the fact that he can say this about someone who he has so much respect for and then, like, be totally okay with it is a little frightening. Uh, it, it, this tells me that he's really, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, this is this is not what happened at all. Uh, what happened uh, in... And and again, this actually, the election where Thomas Jefferson was elected president happened before the 12th Amendment happened. So it was actually under an entirely different voting process that really didn't much resemble the one that we're under right now. So the fact that he is quoting the 12th Amendment and saying what the 12th Amendment will do, now he's quoting it wrongly, but he still thinks he's talking about the 12th Amendment. He's quoting the 12th Amendment and he's saying this is what the 12th Amendment says that it will do. But the election where Jefferson was elected president happened before the 12th Amendment was ratified, which means that it happened under the rules, uh, under the, uh, essentially, uh, the Elector's Clause in Article 2, uh, Section 2, Clause 1, I believe, um, which, again, were very, very different rules. But long story short, the final count in that election, uh, the election of 1800, uh, ended up being uh, Jefferson had 73 electoral votes and John Adams had 65. These were the number of votes that came in from the states as they existed. There's no need for Jefferson to cheat when he has the most votes. The only reason Trump needs to cheat is Trump doesn't have the most electoral votes. And the fact that he is trying to fucking just, you know, polish his piece of shit and make it sound good by sanctifying his his fucking vote stealing with a founder that he says he has high regard for and just claiming that the guy stole an election that this is okay is just a really disgusting thing. And it's really bothersome, actually. Um, so, whew, okay, why don't we get to the next video here? It's time for dueling electors. I'm going to give you the overview of what's going to happen this coming Wednesday, the 6th. I just thought I'd get us all on the same page. I'm Doug Tenaple in exile. But before that, if you'd like to find out more about my work, you can check out the links in the description down below on this video, and you'll see that you can back Earthworm Jim 2 over on Indiegogo. You can get pick up some of my art and books on my Shopify store. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Parlor. You and by the way, you might be wondering why I bothered to leave all this stuff in here. Uh, it's because I have control over the video. I could have very, very easily cut this out. I left this in on purpose um, because I want you guys to um, get in touch with Doug and follow him on all these sites and let him know exactly how much you think of his uh, plans here to unconstitutionally steal the election. And I hope, what I really, really hope, and I really do mean this, is that you will uh, shoot my video to him everywhere you can, as much as you can. I want to make sure that he sees these videos. You can like my Facebook page and you can subscribe to my podcast called Audio Mullet that I do with the Babylon Bee guys. So let's start here. Seven states have sent up 
dueling electors, two different sets of ballots that they believe won. These are the ones that Congress will meet and Mike Pence will open the envelopes. That's his constitutional duty. The ones for Biden were submitted first, and then the alternate groups were sent in. I need to set, I need to real quick remind everyone, I'm a comic book artist. I'm not a legal expert. I'm not a constitutional expert, but I've been reading about the Constitution. I'm a big fan for over 30 years. But Well, you're in luck, Doug, because... I am a constitutional expert, and I have been reading it and understanding it for a very long time, which seems like something that you haven't done, so you're in luck. Really, I'm just one of you. So as I try and figure out myself, I'll present it. Classic Trump voter. It's me against the the elites. Anyone who says I'm wrong is an elite. Because, yeah, like like Donald Trump is an elite. Um, They really have this view. It's incredible. I'm just one of the people, and... This country is run by the elites, and the elites are the problem, and that's why we elected Donald Trump, the guy with billions and billions of dollars and insane amounts of wealth and power all around the world, because he's not elite. He's one of the people. For you, hopefully in a, a normal understanding, using normal English, so we can all understand this. So Pence tears open envelopes, and he's reading where those electoral votes will go, either for Biden or for Trump, let's say. And they go in alphabetical order. So the earliest one that's going to come up is going to be Arizona. When he tears those open for Biden and he announces those votes, that's when at least one senator and one congressman must stand up to contest those votes. And we've already got commitments from over 25 congressmen And we just got Josh Hawley from Missouri, the only Republican with a pair of balls, uh, who said that he would contest the votes. We'll probably get others, I'm just saying. We know that's going to happen this Wednesday. That's already written in stone. What happens next gets a little strange. When that challenge happens on Wednesday, the Congress and the Senate go off to their separate groups and debate for two hours over what they're going to do with those contested Arizona results, and it's a simple majority, simple majority in the Senate, which maybe the Republicans may go for Trump, and a simple majority in the House that's full of Democrats. Um, They're bought and sold. They will never go for it. So that won't work. So here's where it gets interesting. Did anyone notice the um, the complete logic of the last part of the argument? No? Well, think about it. Think about it for a minute. We'll come back in a second and I'll explain it all. Pence is the vice president, but he's called the president of the Senate. So there's an argument over what his power constitutionally and legally actually is. Some say it's just a throwaway title and he's not allowed to make any actual decisions. And some say the Constitution says he has an actual plenary power. That is a unmitigated power. But the, but the point is, no one knows what he's going to do and no one knows what's going to happen. At this point, we're going to be in uncharted territory. Really? He isn't going to steal the election the way you just had Thomas Jefferson stole the election? Because I'm pretty sure you just said this already happened and Thomas Jefferson stole the election and then Mike Pence is going to steal the election because he's completely allowed to do that. So 
I don't know how this is completely uncharted territory if it's already happened and you've told us it's already happened before, but please continue. It's going to be weird. It's going to be fascinating. We're all going to learn a lot and this is going to set. No, you're going to learn a lot. Uh, anyone who understands the Constitution and the laws, uh, or even someone who doesn't, but who is at least smart enough to watch the show or a, a similar show like mine that will actually teach you what these things say, uh, we are not surprised. We are not going to learn much of anything because we find the meaning of the law in the law, not in our fantasies. A precedent. You know, there's good and bad to both precedents because you don't want every single vice president from here on out, basically, to decide who ends up winning this country. But wait, 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 wait. Why hasn't every single vice president in Thomas Jefferson been deciding who won and lost this country? Uh, Seems like a little hitch in your uh, argument there, Doug. Sorry, continue. It's going to make his job super important if the, if, the, if the vice president from now on decides which votes are even counted. But that might be what the founders had in mind when they put the Constitution together. Okay. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Okay, let's continue. So the states that sent up two sets of dueling electors are Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, and in the four traditional swing states of Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. That's seven states. Each time those states have their votes brought up, they will be contested by a senator and a congressman, hopefully, and they will go into that session of debate they will succeed. They might succeed in the Senate. They almost certainly will fail in the Congress. Vice, with here we are over in the Epic Times talking about the two competing theories on what Mike Pence can do. Vice President Pence must be guided by the Twelfth Amendment, not the Electoral Count Act on January sixth. On Monday, I wrote that on these pages that Vice President Mike Pence, as President of the Senate, would be violating his oath of office. Were he to count the electoral votes cast for Biden in the six, seven, disputed swing states because the governors of those states had certified the Biden-pledged electors despite a demonstrably tough election. The U.S. Supreme Court has expressly held that the power granted to the state legislatures by the electors clause is plenary, exclusive, and may not be abdicated. So that's the Constitution says that he has a plenary power to pick the slate of electors. Well, that's in conflict. Did you notice where he went wrong there? No? All right. Um, here, we're going to uh, play that video back here. Um, all right, listen very carefully because he uh, just completely debunks his own argument in the next 60 second video clip can do vice president pence must be guided by the 12th amendment not the electoral count act on january 6th 
On Monday, I wrote that on these pages that Vice President Mike Pence, as President of the Senate, would be violating his oath of office were he to count the electoral votes cast for Biden in the six, seven, disputed swing states because the governors of those states had certified the Biden-pledged electors, despite a demonstrably tough election. The U.S. Supreme Court has expressly held that the power granted to the state legislatures by the Elector's Clause is plenary, exclusive, and may not be abdicated. There it is. The power granted to the state legislatures is plenary, unappealable, and may not be overridden. The state legislatures the state legislatures he says it right fucking there this thing was already decided right around december 9th when the state legislatures decided which votes to certify he thinks this that this is still open no This has been in the bag for a fucking month. It's done. It's over. He is right that choosing electors, when there is a conflict of electors, that there is a plenary power in making that choice. That choice lies with the state legislatures. That means the only person who decides who counts Pennsylvania's votes and what votes are counted are the state legislature of Pennsylvania. The only people who decide which of Michigan votes are counted and certified are the state legislatures of Michigan. The same thing with Wisconsin, the same thing with Georgia, the same thing with all the other states that he thinks that he's going to win, which he's not, because this isn't a power of the vice president. He has no fucking power to do what he keeps thinking he can. It's that easy. Oh, God. All right. Now, I paused it a minute ago before that um, and uh, asked if you noticed anything wrong with what he was saying about the process, about when Mike Pence opens the electors and there's a, they, you know, they contest it and they go off and they discuss it for two hours and they come back. Did anyone notice anything wrong with that? If, if Mike Pence opens uh, the votes and Mike Pence decides which votes are counted, why do the Congress, why do both houses of Congress, that is to say, go off and debate it for two hours if it's not up to them? And that's the thing is, it is. It is up to them. If there is a contest, they can, uh, if both the House and the Cong- or excuse me, the House and the Senate can test this. They can go off and they can debate it. And if they both vote to reject the votes that came in, then they can take a vote on that. And then Congress has a certain amount of authority uh, with, with which to challenge the vote. It has nothing to do with the vice president. This has to do with Congress. They go off. And they vote because whatever they decide is what happens. 
why would they go off and debate it for two hours and discuss it and vote on it and then come back and say, well, it's really up to you, Vice President Pence. We just wasted fucking three hours over nothing, debating something and voting on something over which we have no control. We just did that to waste your time. Fuck you, Mike Pence. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? Now, a lot of this stuff um, shouldn't be a surprise to you if you've seen some of my more recent videos uh, that I did talk about the Texas, the Texas versus Pennsylvania lawsuit that we had recently that, uh, and the follow-up video that I did uh, with that talking about uh, legal standing. And yeah, it, it's, it's, this really isn't complicated. It, it's just the Constitution does not grant a plenary power uh, to the vice president to have any part in deciding the outcome of an election. Uh, and really what is being suggested here is a shocking rejection of federalism and of separation of powers. And quite frankly, I am shocked that this is something, uh, you know, that someone like Doug, towards whom I once held a very... Uh, I once held in very high regard. Uh, he's the kind of guy who I used to say, well, we may disagree on many issues, but I do believe that Doug is a principled constitutional conservative, and he's just often wrong. Nobody holding the views expressed here is a constitutional conservative. No one. Look, law is very difficult to understand, and I get that, and I am sympathetic to that. The Constitution is not. Now, how it is specifically applied is not always perfectly clear, and there can be principled agreements and disagreements about it on those ends. But anyone who says that they are a true constitutionalist and that they uh, are a student of the Constitution for 30 years and who reaches this result, the result that Doug has reached, is lying about either one or both of those claims. Either they're not a constitutional conservative or they haven't been studying it for over 30 years, and probably both. And I just, I can't help but relate this, like, lapse of reason to uh, really almost something like those old, awful uh, anti-drug commercials they used to do during the 90s. You remember those, like, uh, like, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs kind of thing? Like, I just, every time I watch this kind of junk, I just can't help but think, you know, like, this is your constitution. This is your constitution on Trump. Any questions? You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. So, and uh, again, I'm going to be going over some of the stuff I talked about in my past videos. Uh, this one here, uh, it, where I talked about uh, legal standing and the text selection suit addendum. And then also this one where I talked about uh, why SCOTUS made the right call in the Texas versus Pennsylvania election lawsuit. So if you guys, um, I, I'm going to briefly go over the relevant information from those cases. Uh, I'm not going to be pulling up all the case law uh, and putting it on screen for you and reading it out in quotes. I'm just going to be kind of summarizing it here for you off the top of my head. So if you want to know where I'm getting this from, uh, uh, you can go and watch those videos and in those videos, I also have links to uh, every, uh, I, I mean, every brief that I cite, every case that I cite, every law that I cite, every part of the, every clause of the Constitution I cite, 
every single thing that I, I cite in there. I bring up on screen. I show it for you there. I read it out for you and with you and explain it to you. And I have full uh, citations of links to everything where you can find that information for yourself uh, on the Internet. So I, if you want to know more about this stuff, I strongly suggest you go and watch those videos and check them out. And then if you want to know even more than that, uh, you can uh, go on ahead to uh, uh, the links that I will include in there. So uh, if you want to know where I'm getting this from, that's where you can find this information. But I'm just going to kind of spitball this here. Really, um, there is a particular area of law, if you remember those videos, that I kept uh, going back to when I was talking about who had a final say in controversies over the final appointment over the uh, selection of state electors. Uh, and that was the electors clause uh, and the 12th Amendment uh, and uh, federal law through USC subsection 5, which... Uh, uh, Yeah, 3 U.S.C. 5, Determination of the Controversy of Appointment of Electors. This is the one I have here to bring up for you. Um, and I, I bring this up because uh, he says that there is a conflict between uh, what the Constitution says and then what this this uh, voter act says. And he talks about there's this uh, the voter election cow conflict. There's no conflict. Um, this... Uh, the 12th Amendment says that this is a plenary power of the state legislatures. That's the thing that I just read that I just showed that he said himself that he, for some reason, didn't recognize when he said it. Now, the other thing he was talking about was the uh, uh, the election clause is the same one here that I talked about in the other video. 3 U.S.C. 5, determination of the controversy of appointment of electors. And these don't actually disagree. The 12th Amendment and 3 U.S.C. Section 5 don't disagree. They both say that this is, uh, a, this is a plenary power of state legislature. They both say the exact same thing. So there's no conflict here. The problem is that he is getting his news from the Epoch Times. And yeah, he's just kind of an idiot. Um, but not much you can do about that. You can't really fix stupid. Um, but essentially... Um, Because uh, 3 U.S.C. Section 5 expressly and properly uh, enables the state to designate its tribunals as the conclusive arbiter of any controversy or contest uh, concerning presidential election results in that state, uh, really, Doug's argument, as I've been saying, is contradicted by both the Elector's Clause and by 3 U.S.C. Section 5. And likewise, uh, 3 U.S.C. Section 5 states that uh, when any state shall have provided under pre-election law for its final determination of any controversy or contest concerning presidential election results uh, by judicial or other methods or procedures that a state Supreme Court's decision about a state laws is conclusive uh, and that essentially... It, we can use Pennsylvania as an example. Statutes enacted by the General Assembly both give state courts original jurisdiction over Pennsylvania presidential election disputes in that state uh, and make the Pennsylvania Supreme Court uh, the final adjudicator in all cases. 
and three uh, USC five permit any uh, exception that would allow uh, an override to be only ha- to only happen uh, in Pennsylvania law. So essentially, once these votes are decided on by the state legislatures, like in the state of uh, Pennsylvania, and they are chosen and sent off by those legislatures who have, uh, in their minds, resolved this controversy and sent those electors on to Washington, there's really not much that can happen after that. And what I think part of what really gets me uh, about this is that this is what they are suggesting here is really such a, a disgusting affront to both federalism and uh, separation of powers, which are just so, so crucial uh, to protection of our liberties. Um, and this is something you see in, uh, like, uh, the Shelby County v. Holder case This came up uh, where uh, essentially you have to divide power among sovereigns and among branches of government precisely so that we may resist the temptation to concentrate power in one location as an expedient solution to any crisis of the day. Or as we found in, uh, was it the case of New York v. United States, uh, where they said that it was uh, consistent with the principles of federalism and separation of powers that the Constitution and Congress have enabled such states to uh, provide laws and to adjudicate in all courts and all controversies about all presidential election disputes within that state. You can look to other cases, too, such as uh, Ruko v. Common Cause from 2019, which I think uh, fits very well here as well. And in that case, what they essentially said was uh, uh, what is being sought uh, in trying to make these kinds of changes is an unprecedented expansion of federal power and an expansion of uh, federal authority would not be into just any area of controversy, but into really the most intensely partisan aspect of American political life. Uh, That intervention would be unlimited in its scope and its duration. It would recur over and over again in the country, and each presidential election, the consideration and the impact of any sort of decision like what he is talking about here on democratic principles cannot ignore the effect of giving a unilateral power to a single member of the executive branch of the federal government, assuming such an extraordinary and unprecedented role, like deciding the results of an election in which he has a personal and political stake. It's just, if we're going to do that, why don't we just ask uh, congressmen who have to run for re-election to go back to their districts every two years and conduct a voice vote of their own constituents to see if they want that representative to return to Washington or if they want some competitor running against them. And then when that's done, we just allow the incumbent representative to personally decide if they won or lost the voice vote that they took uh, and which over they alone presided, and that with absolutely no checks or safeguards, we trust that person uh, to come back to Washington and to uh, just sort of report to I don't know, the Speaker of the House, let's say, whether uh, or not they or their competitor won the informal voice vote over which they were the only real judge of the contest. That's essentially what he's doing here, is he's giving complete trust to someone to decide an election in which they have a personal stake. And just what is being suggested here by Dr. Knapple, uh, 
and by people who like those over at Rasmussen Reports uh, and by the people over at Epoch Times uh, just make every bit as much sense as uh, conducting votes for representation uh, in the House in a manner like, like I just described for you right now, like I just suggested here. So that this guy says that he considers himself a uh, lifelong student of and believer in the Constitution and then suggests with a straight face that what the founders wanted to do in federal elections is to make the vice president, who has a personal stake in the election outcome, the sole decider of who wins an election that he is running in is absolutely one of the dumbest fucking ideas I've ever heard in my life. But like I said, this is your constitution on Trump. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, there has been something both poetic and beautiful about watching Trump do what uh, everyone like myself who falls outside the two-party system knew he would do, which is basically go out like a total bitch um, after watching his supporters and detractors do what we knew they would do. Uh, the fact is people give Trump way too much credit, and I mean on both sides of the aisle. You see this now. Trump supporters keep insisting every time uh, that Trump has some grand strategy and that every time this grand strategy starts to go tits up for them, uh, that by trying to somehow strong arm the states or strong arm the federal government or strong arm the state courts or strong arm the Supreme Court, as they continue to do, uh, that uh, such as they're trying to do now with the House of Representatives, uh, that through this, Trump still has some kind of uh, secret, super brilliant plan and some secret evidence that no one has seen, uh, but that exists, and that it's just a matter of time before Trump releases the Kraken and, and you know, VP Pence is, you know, staying tight-lipped about what he's going to do on January 6th because he needs to do this, because he needs it to be a complete surprise when he exercises his non-existent plenary power, because... It, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's just ridiculous. I mean, if the power is plenary, why do you have to fucking be tight-lipped about it? If, if nobody can do anything about it, why do you have to be so secretive about it? Um, and, and on the other side, too, I mean, it's equally foolish to watch Democrats who are still insisting that Trump is some kind of crypto-fascist Nazi boys from Brazil, hit your cl Hitler clone, you know, created by Dr. Mengele solely to be sent to the United States to run for president so that he can declare martial law and turn the army on the American people. And so he can literally murder every Democrat and murder actual democracy itself. And he can set himself as a dictator for life. None of that is what's going to happen. And so despite, uh, Doug's claims, I'm going to predict exactly what is going to happen on January 6th and in the following weeks leading up to the inauguration on January 21st. On January 6th, Mike Pence is going to do nothing because he has no power to do anything. At least nothing uh, any of these people claim he has the power to do. He will do what he can do, which is only certify the votes. He has no power to not certify the votes. All he can do is certify the votes to come. As they have been cast, by the state legislatures, because that's all he has power to do. And every MAGA Republican uh, who brings up the same bullshit that Doug is from the Epoch Times, that claim, uh, who claim that Mike Pence has the power to do this, 
what's going to happen is when Mike Pence doesn't do this thing that he doesn't have power to do, probably because he doesn't have power to do it, is all of these mega Republicans are going to call Mike Pence a traitor, and they're just going to insist that he has turned his back on Trump as well. Because Pence must have been bought and sold and a corrupt piece of garbage from the beginning. Because what's important isn't, uh, you know, the laws or the Constitution or the peaceful transfer of power or the votes of the American people. No, it's loyalty to Trump, even when he's wrong. And in the end, both parties will keep protecting uh, and projecting their absurd fantasies onto Trump. Uh, and what will really happen is that he will continue to kick and scream and whine and complain like a stupid little childish bitch that he is about how unfair this all is. And uh, all he will do his best to try and burn this fucking system to the ground on his way out the door because Trump is an asshole and a thin-skinned little bitch. And he has a vindictive streak and he believes that he's a winner and everyone else is a loser. And uh, if you like him, you're tremendous. And if you don't, you're a piece of shit. And so he is just going to kick and scream until January 21st when Biden will be sworn in and Trump will leave town sulking and continuing to do the same thing that Hillary Clinton did in 2016 to keep insisting in his little fantasy world that he won the election and that he was cheated and it was everyone else's fault except for him. And you can take those predictions to the fucking bank. All right, well, that is going to do it for today. Uh, I want to thank you all so much for joining me here on Categorical Imperatives. Uh, hopefully, this show was enjoyable for you. This was uh, just a lot more uh, uh, sort of free form and free balling uh, even than I would usually do in these kinds of shows. So hopefully, it came out all right. I'm just going to put this out there and uh, leave it up to you guys to see what you think about it, to be honest. So uh, do let me know what you think about it. Um, and... Uh, you can, uh, if you check down in the description to this video, uh, you will find links to where you can find me on a number of different sites. Uh, I still kind of generally post mainly to YouTube first, but um, I'm also putting these videos up on uh, BitChute and Library and Parlor now as well. So um, if you're on any of those sites uh, and you don't like using YouTube, you can go follow me over there. Or just go 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 check those sites out anyway. Maybe you'll like them better than YouTube. Um, I'm I'm liking Library a lot. BitChute's really good too. I'm really really liking Library. But um, so yeah, uh, go follow me over there. Uh, and then uh, as I said, uh, if you've hung on this long, I'm guessing that you are probably either a regular listener of the show, uh, or you are someone new to the show who uh didn't hate me for what I just said, uh, which is probably most people. Um, so uh, what, like I said, what I want to do is I really do um, want to start putting out these more uh, shorter and uh, well, uh, more informal and hopefully even a little shorter than this in the future uh, videos about different topics, uh, things that are uh, in the news. Uh, so what I want you to do is uh, if you have like a question you want to ask me that you'd like to hear an answer to, um, or if there's an article that you found that you kind of like be wondering my thoughts on it, I don't know, anything like that. Uh, or if there's just a, a general topic in the news you want to kind of hear me talk about or get my ideas on. Um, and it deals with any of the stuff I usually talk about here on the show, which is, um, you know, mainly 
mainly law, uh, and, and mainly, mainly constitutional law, but law in general, really, uh, and uh, as well as uh, various areas of uh, moral philosophy, uh, a lot of enlightenment era philosophy, uh, classical liberalism, uh, or uh, politics. Um, you know, I talk about all kinds of politics, or if you have any questions, uh, like about libertarianism in particular, uh, I don't really try not to bring up my own politics too much, but if you're curious about libertarianism and you want to know more, I would uh, sure be happy to talk about it for you guys, uh, but I, I, I try not to bring that up too much here, uh, So, but feel free to ask about anything like that, or if there's uh, a Supreme Court case coming up, or that just happened that you're curious about, uh, or legal challenge or just something like that just any anything that you think that like you've heard me cover before on the show generally or just any general area that you think i would be willing to cover um if you will I, i've set up an email address now uh specifically for questions uh about this and that is categorical imperatives at gmx.com uh or you can just always leave me a message uh in as a comment on any on any video uh, and whether it be on this video on this site or on a different site, uh, or just whatever, uh, and so you can send it to that email address, categorical imperatives at gmx.com, or you can just leave it as a comment on a video. Um, and if you, uh, like this content, uh, I would ask that you take a moment and subscribe to the channel so you can make sure to, uh, get updates, uh, when I put new content out. I'm still not putting things out on anything like a set schedule, though I'm, I'm slowly working towards something like that, hopefully in the future, but that's still a ways away. So, um, for now, uh, subscribe to the channel is the best way to make sure you always know when I put new content out. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, if you, um, you know, like the show or hated the show, give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down or, uh, if you don't have a question for me per se, like I haven't talked about it, but you just want to leave me a comment and let me know what you thought about the show, uh, whether you loved it, hated it, uh, whether you want to heap praise on me or abuse or uh, call me names or, uh, you know, what, whatever you want to do. Uh, I will, uh, positive or negative, I'm uh, pretty much willing to take it all in. So, uh, yeah, just leave me a comment. Uh, let me know what you thought about the show. Uh, definitely let me know if you have any ideas of upcoming topics you would like to see me do. Um, and what I'll say about that is um, I, I'll be willing to uh, do absolutely any topic that someone asks me about as long as it's something that I understand well enough to cover. Um, I'm not going to sit here and, and bullshit you guys and give you information about something that I don't really understand myself or uh, talk authoritatively about a topic that I don't really understand very well. Um, so if... Uh, yeah, if it's if you ask me for a question or for a show topic or whatever, um, and I just simply don't think I'm able to do a good job covering that topic, I'll let you know uh, personally. But anything else, anything else at all, if it's something that uh, I am able to cover, it is something that I will cover. And if you guys will help me with that so I can uh, focus as much of my time uh, here working on the longer shows and kind of like sort of the bigger theme shows that I like to do, um, the more I can focus on those uh, rather than looking for other topics between those episodes, uh, I think the better I'm going to be able to both bring you the content I have been bringing and hopefully the better I can bring you this sort of new style of content where I cover more, uh, you know, in the news topics like I've been doing. So, uh, yeah, anyways, 
Uh, yeah, that's all I really have left to say. So, uh, until next time, uh, you know, as always, uh, Delenda S. Carthago.